0: well we're gonna we're gonna talk about zombies yeah zombies
1: we're gonna run as fast as we can because of zombies
2: praise the lord and pass the ammunition it's time for the gun guy tv podcast yes we're gonna run as fast as we can because of <laughs> zombies on the gun guy tv firearms podcast thank you very much for being part of that yes these whack job crazy people are part of the zombie fighting crew. And without further ado, just let me remind you that this podcast is an hour long. The first half an hour is available on your favorite podcast player. Plus, there is a zombie fied video version that you can watch on Rumble. If you'd like to see the entire one-hour podcast, that is available only on Gun Guy TV Crew to Gun Guy TV Crew members who support the channel, for whom I am very grateful. You'll find a link in the description to GunGuyTVCrew.com. Or if you'd like to sign up on Patreon or Locals, and you happen to be a member of either of those already, you will find us there. All right, gentlemen, I've got uh, Rick Travis from the California Rifle and Pistol uh, Zombie Association. I've got uh, Pete E., who is a professional jet pilot so that he can fly all of us the heck out of here when the zombies show up. He also is the producer and uh, all-around nutcase that helps me put this show together. And then there is the incomparable Sam Paredes the director and head honcho of gun owners of, I'm sorry, zombie hunters of California. He's wearing the wrong hat today. Uh, Gun owners of California. He is also a director or one of the many, many head honchos over there at gun owners of America. Thank you guys for joining me. It's zombie time. (laughs) And so are you prepared or the zombie apocalypse? And if so, how?
3: Well, I, you know, I have to admit, I'm, I'm a little confused. I was a little confused about this at the beginning. Somebody told me to watch The Walking Dead. And I turned on C-SPAN and saw Pelosi and Biden. But anyway, <laughs> I, I started off on the wrong foot. Actually, Pelosi, I think,
2: is a zombie. I'm not sure. I'm a bit of a zombie in the morning before I have my coffee. I have to admit, I walk around going "zom, zom." <laughs> and you, Rick? Oh, you've got. Oh, look at Rick! Look at him. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I, you know, this was the topic that I had suggested we talk about because I think it's it's interesting. I mean, obviously, me with logic would say there's no such thing as an actual zombie, but If you look at the federal government going back to, um, and I think I sent you a link to it, Joel, but going back to like, I think it was 2013-ish, you know, the Center for Disease Control put out an actual zombie apocalypse, how to prepare for it, because they were using that as a um, device to get people to be better prepared for natural disasters, things of that nature. Um, Of course, you know, all the crazy people in emergency medical services at the time thought that was just hilarious that the CDC would spend taxpayer money to make a zombie preparation manual. And so that became a viral thing. And then you had groups like, you know, good old Hornady, who came out with zombie rounds. You had, you know, all the zombie uh, targets, you know, to take to the range. And so, and that got to be interesting because, you know, oh no, you shouldn't be shooting at targets that look like humans. But dead humans coming after you all day long it was fine and he had reactive uh zombie targets i know sam and i saw it one of the shot shows previously that was a, a big thing to bring out that they they made green when you, you shot them and so i just thought it's interesting because often when you talk to people about being prepared which we've done on this program before they're like yeah for the zombie apocalypse and i'm like Okay. Why not? Well, you know,
2: they even had at Shot Show a few years ago when it when the zombie thing was really a really big deal. They had some firearms with zombie furniture on them. I saw ARs that had been decked out as zombie guns i saw shotguns i think i don't want to pick out a particular company but i think mossberg did it uh, <laughs> but i could be wrong and i thought it was great because they had the green you know crazy zombie gun thing i saw a few different people at shot show that had zombie guns which was pretty neat it was a big big deal there for a while um and i don't know if that was part of the walking dead thing or or the uh Uh, World War Z. Wasn't that a movie, a zombie movie with uh, was it Brad Pitt or somebody was in World War Z. There was a it was a big, big deal. Now, you know, arguably you're you're a paramedic, Rick, but arguably there is a zombie virus that's actually could be a zombie virus if it weren't for the fact that it's extremely difficult to contract. And that would be rabies Uh because it does make people crazy and then they die. But they they die after they're crazy. They don't die and walk around as dead people. That doesn't work that way. The walk, the dead don't walk. I've seen them; they don't. They're right. dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's I think it's interesting though too because, you know, as we've talked before, you're preparing for different things that could happen in your neck of the woods, and that can be problematic for two reasons. All of a sudden, you decide to go cross country if you're not prepared for tornadoes or hurricanes or other things you could end up in a place very unprepared which is not a good situation if you think of yourself as being prepared because then you end up kind of in a shock situation but i have just noticed how many people have gotten involved and this is not a, a theme just with the walking dead you know getting prepared for the show i went back we have went through this like when it was dark during the the heart and heat of the cold war in the 50s the zombie movies and paraphernalia was popular. And then it came back again, the late 60s, early 70s, dark point in our country's history, then kind of faded out. Now people would argue that you know, the last decade or so has been hard on a lot of people in this country. The zombie came back. So there's this reoccurring theme and people preparing and not preparing. And I just thought, hey, let's talk about it. Because even our industry, I mean, Hornady is not stupid when they came out with these things. They knew they would make a ton of money and people would pay a couple extra dollars to have the zombie apocalypse box instead of the regular, you know, 45s. And, you know, I always thought it was interesting that, you know, it even had the little green center in the bullet. I forgot
2: about that. That's right. The little, Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's, it's an interesting discussion too, because I mean, truthfully, I've lived through two riots uh, in my life. And I can say that when the thin veil of society crumbles, human beings don't necessarily operate like human beings anymore. Then when there is no potential consequence for ill behavior, or when there's a sense of desperation on the part of people, desperate people, as the old saying goes, do desperate things. And sometimes Um, What I've seen, particularly in Los Angeles during the Rodney King riots, is that uh, people in desperate situations can act very much like uh, pack animals and a lot less like what you would expect human beings to behave like. And, of course, that sort of mirrors the whole idea of the zombie thing where you're being overrun by large numbers of people. Or am I I mean, that's my thought on it. I don't know what you guys think. Joel, you
0: know. Uh, Things like this that capture the imagination of of, uh, large swaths of of, of people around the world, you know, they're based on a kernel of truth. And the thought of a possibility of something like this happening um, is, I think, what, what generates the 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 explosion of people who dreaded over dramatize and do all these things but throughout history we had the black death you know we watched the monty python uh movies where where it was funny the guy walking around the cart bring out your dad, bring out your dad.
2: <laughs> that actually happened oh I yeah mean, it really didn't by
0: yeah. the way
2: i do want to clarify i'm not dead yes <laughs> you are <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right, Sam. I mean, it it uh, that and to Rick's point, these things tend to recycle as things in society change, and it it tends tends to come. We had Night of the Living Dead was I think one of the big ones that was the first one, um, and then I remember a a a movie that was supposed to be scary but was actually ended up funny if you watched it years later because it was so campy. Called People shouldn't play with dead things. Uh, but it was all about zombies, and uh, so this is a this is a theme that keeps coming back, and it is um, it does have a kernel of reality to it, even though perhaps the Walking Dead part does not. You're quite quiet over there in your aurora borealis background, Pete. Any <laughs> thoughts?
3: Well, you know, I, you know, from a marketing standpoint, let's just talk about it, like Rick was talking about. From a marketing standpoint, that's sheer genius, man. Just go ahead and market some some marketing rounds or some some zombie rounds and, and make them you know make them uh make them some of your best hollow points make them some of your best uh, uh mushrooming whatever you got put a lot of green in there uh and, and let it go there's a company there's a company that manufactures uh, ballistic gel uh, body parts with uh, bones in them plastic bones in them and internal organs, and uh, I'm not going to mention their name because they may, they may donate some stuff to the channel, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, they manufacture, yeah, they manufacture. Uh, you can have your your head or torso, your ballistic head or torso, in either regular or zombie mode. And of course, the zombie mode, instead of having red sacks of of fluid inside, have green sacks of fluid inside and they have all of this along the skull all this rot and moss and stuff like that on there and hey it's marketing and uh my here's
2: my question can you get politician mode because then it has nothing inside
3: there you go there you go (laughs) i'm sorry poor sam Well, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that uh, zombie blood is green and so is the dollar. So politician mode, maybe uh, there's a connection there. I don't know. Oh,
2: yes. Except there's just too much in that skull for it to be politician mode. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, guys. Who's got their zombie gun? And what gun do you have
1: All firearms are zombie firearms. I
2: understand, but you got to have a funny one. Don't you have a funny one with you? Come on now. (laughs) No, Rick, you are ill prepared, but you have the zombie background that uh, if you're watching this on video, you can see. I have the zombie
1: prepared. (laughs) You are
2: prepared. I have the zombie Smith and Wesson 44 Magnum, you know, one zombie with every pill. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you got about, there, sam?
2: right man you can get multiples
0: well that's
2: it you know you gotta hey would you hey uh third in line would you shift just one half a step to the right okay good i got
3: gotcha. you about how about this for a zombie gun uh, what the heck is that is that a barrett well, in california i'll tell you what that is uh a, that's a barrett m1082 that's your that's your close-up zombie gun
2: that's a close-up zombie gun all right and you
0: sam well Being that I grew up as a 1911 guy, I like my uh, laser guided uh, 1911 with multiple Wilson 10 round extended magazines with Ah. um, ammunition from DRT, which is dynamic research technologies, also known as dead right there. (laughs) <laughs> um
2: well, wait a minute they're dead before you shoot them because they're the they're, walking yeah. dead yeah <laughs> thank you <You're>
0: making <laughs> sense again joel come uh, on stop it just stop begin. it <laughs> so uh but but i, I i'm, I'm kind of like rick you know the if the apocalypse were to happen uh i would be hanging more than one of these instruments on my body uh for <laughs> use in, uh, and yeah. in, including yeah. uh you know some of those with the uh, that can shoot a lot of little rounds, a lot of them before you have to change magazines. Well, I
2: mean, in all truthfulness, this, this used to live at at, uh, Sam's house (laughs) and he used to show it on. So I I like to bring it up here and show it here because I'm very grateful to Sam for this. Uh, This would not be my apocalypse gun, but it's a funny gun for, uh, for zombies. I have actually a, I'm ashamed to say that like you guys, I have a 1911 and it would be my zombie gun. But, uh, you know, here I am another, but I have a Colt combat commander and it would be my zombie gun. And I have a boatload of 10 round Wilson combat magazines for that thing. So there you are. And you, Rick, what would you use as your zombie gun? I'd
1: actually use my 1911 in one hand and my uh, nice hatchet in the other.
2: Okay. I want to see. do you have the hatchet
1: handy? Well, I have several handy, but I don't have my Winkler. You don't so. have
2: the nice one. Okay, so who's got their knife handy, whatever that may be? All right, let's see. Oh, oh my gosh, the Bowie knife. It's got to be a Bowie knife, right? Yep. Yeah, oh, my goodness, it's bigger than I am. And you, Sam, you started the knife thing before we started recording.
0: It would That's be. It. <laughs> um, this would be the super close quarters, but uh, to keep them at arm's length, I, I kind of like
2: this thing. Well, you would actually, with that, you would keep them at stubs length That's because it right. would just take the arm right off. <laughs> yeah, I'd be making stubs. You know? Now, what, what is that, that that you've got in your hand there? You this had the, you had the a, folder.
0: What have you got there? It's a Browning black label, tactical blade. And um, this is a beautiful knife with a micarta grip that just fits my hand perfectly. Wow. It's got enough texture in it to, to keep it, you know, firmly in your hand. This little thing right here keeps the hand from sliding off as you whack them. Oh, yeah. And then, and then it's got these grooves on the top so that once you whack them and get it stuck in the bone, you can just go, Dunk, and off it comes. So yeah, this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful knife. I like it.
2: I don't believe you. Okay. This is my all-terrain chopper. Uh This is the original all-terrain all-terrain chopper from cold steel, not the cheap, flimsy, terrible steel one they make. Now, this is the one that was expensive to make and uh, that they made out of uh, carbon five steel, I think, or something, but this thing, I've used this a lot for just clearing brush and so on. I keep a sort of utility blade on it because I don't want it to be too sharp. But this thing has a sweet spot. I have taken small saplings and just sheared them right off with one strike. So I love this thing. This is my my machete of choice, I guess you would say, is this uh, the this Kukri. Kukri style um, all-terrain chopper. I, this is what I carry around. With me. There's the sheath. And it's, as you know, anybody who knows anything about him knows this one's pretty old. I got this from my dad when he passed away. He left it to me. So I've mm-hmm. been using it ever you since. Keep that in beautiful shape.
1: I'm That's doing it- my best. And Ooh. since you all talk about your backgrounds, your Italian background, your Mexican background. Oh, here comes the Irish, Irish blade. No, the Norwegian. Ooh. Ooh. Viking Ooh. blade.
2: Wow. I love it. That's that's gorgeous.
1: So, you know, just when you have to take
3: somebody.
2: <laughs> that's right. And Pete, what did you go grab?
3: Well, hang on just one second. Let me get it out of the case here and I'll show you.
1: Ooh. This is more show and tell than zombie apocalypse. <laughs>
3: Will this show. Uh, we go.
0: Yeah. Nah, awesome.
3: Yeah, so have the you have the pointy end for the forehead, <laughs> the sharp pointy end for the forehead, and this for uh, you know neck and below,
0: <laughs>
3: for all other purposes. The thing I like about this is this is so light that you can uh, you know you can just I got to provide a background for it. You can just swing this thing all day long. Mm. But remember wow.
1: that pointy end at the back is also good for hooking someone behind the foot and dropping them.
3: Well, yes. Or
2: what, what do you call that knife again? Or that—that's uh, almost a tomahawk. Yeah. Very very cool. Okay, and then there's the. I'll
3: put I'll put the plug out there. That's from Sog.
2: Okay, <laughs> then there's you know I am a Filipino martial arts practitioner. Ah. This is my guenenting. Now the problem with the skin and ting, if there is a problem, is this sucker is extremely sharp. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not right. you're not going to shave with it, but I mean, I've um, it'll take a limb off with any problem. This is the sword I practice with pretty much every day. So this is my uh, this um, is my my Filipino martial arts sword. It's called a skin and ting, and uh, there you go. So since we're doing show and tell, I figured I'd I'd partake.
3: Well, then, I didn't uh, bring so, any knives with me, so I had to go get this one. Uh, of
2: course, the
0: the entertainment community has taken this to uh, you know a level of of um, absurdity. Absurdity <laughs> is a is a, a good thing to do. I think
2: we did that as well. <laughs> but that's but okay. Again,
0: but again, given that we live in this day of 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 um, pandemics, um, and and the you know the the COVID was bad but there are a whole bunch of other things out there that could be way worse
2: yeah oh yeah and, absolutely
0: and um yeah. so uh be the the whole you know tongue-in-cheek we do this uh with 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 the um recommendation that people just be prepared have what you need to take care of yourself and your loved ones your home um with whatever you need to be effective and Take into account that an encounter might be to where you can use that Barrett to to protect yourself, or you can use our 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 handguns and and bolt action hunting rifles to protect ourselves. And then ultimately, if 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 those fail, you you still have to fight. If you have to fight, and and you know it might come down to something like 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 this
2: uh, or. Or like yeah. this, or like, like we're that. showing folders here, just yeah, folding nice. knives, right? Yeah. The nice part about folding knives is you don't have to wait until the zombies show up. Pretty much anywhere in the country, you can carry those. I mean, there are yeah. exceptions, but most of the time, you can carry them. So,
0: you know, but, but being prepared is 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 the key thing. And uh, again, we do this tongue in cheek, but there's a, a a high level of seriousness to to what it is that we're trying to convey with humor.
1: One of the things I would tag along with what Sam's saying because he's so right is. You know, a zombie apocalypse in a way is portrayed, not gonna happen in our lifetimes, it really isn't. But the whole idea, I think what the CDC was trying to do was to get people to look through that lens and say, are you prepared? And you know, when Sam brought up the pandemic, um, that it's kind of over, kind of not, depending on where you're at in the country and around the world, I think it's important to look at a couple of things. One, um, and I learned this decades ago, When people are deprived their normal sense of food, water, shelter, government processes and stuff, it takes but a couple of hours for them to just lose it. And and we saw that in the initial couple of days just with things like toilet paper. We laugh at now, but there were people that were literally getting into fights, Um, you know, even not too far from where I live, there was a point where people had rushed Costco for some of those basic supplies so much. That law enforcement had to be called in to to break people up from fighting. I mean, who would ever think of going to Costco would erupt into fist fights over stuff? that's Costco. But one of the things that I, you know, trained my staff for when I was um, in emergency medical services before I do the job I do today was that period of time that people break down. It often breaks down for this one reason. I used to have to explain to the EMTs and medics with me. When, safer here in California, I think statewide, while we're, we're facing floods, you know, from heavy rains right now in January, earthquakes are the big thing. But when yeah. an earthquake happens, you know, and let's say Pete's son is, is out there and he's been hurt, his arm is just broken in several places, and he sees the paramedic rig coming up the street, Pete's normal reaction is going to be to jump in front of the rig, to get it to stop because his kid's hurt. That's what a dad will do. My reaction is get the heck out of the way. I'm not here to help you. My job is to try to find out for the next four hours where all the damage is so we can triage what our response will be. The minute Pete and his neighbors see that their tax paid for emergency medical services has just blown them off, they drop another 10 levels into despair and losing their, their, their stuff. And I think that's part of where turning this kind of more to a serious note, it's not just having the things that we talked about prepared, it's having a prepared mindset and realizing government is not going to be there to help you, the individual, or your family, or even your neighborhood out. Their first job is to circle their own wagon and find out where the damage is and what city or county or state resources they can protect first, then to figure out the hospitals, and then Probably on average, and they don't like people like me saying this, five to seven days later, get back to you. Well, depending on the injury, five to seven days later, it's not an injury, it's a death. And so you've got to be prepared for you, both mentally as well as when we talk about bug in, bug out bags and things like that, which if you haven't listened to that show, go back and catch it (laughs) because you do a good job.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the thing too is that not to – Not to take that five to seven days, literally Mm -hmm. sort of like this, you know, the the federal government says have three days of water and three days of food. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, most people who if in the case of like a major natural disaster like that, there are a lot of people are going to run out of food and water and die if they only have three days. And then you shouldn't assume that somebody's going to get back to you within five to seven days because they may not, depending on how disastrous the whole situation is. So if you don't, you know, it's it's fun to get the knife and to get the gun and hold them up and like that. But if you don't have the essentials, which is all the things that people talk about, food, water, some medical supplies and, and those kind of things, and then in addition to that, the knowledge of how to apply them. You get a kid that's got a broken arm. Okay, how do you treat that when there's no doctor around? What do you do with that so that the the arm isn't in bad shape when you can finally get to a doctor? If you have a major cut or even a minor cut and you're in a filthy environment, that could very easily turn into a serious infection and you could die. Do you have the ability? Do you have the know-how to clean that? Do you know how to, to protect that from getting infected? Do you Have you gone to the trouble to stockpile some antibiotics in case you can't get to a doctor because it takes, maybe it's not five to seven days, maybe it's a month and a half before things start returning to normal? And these are not zombie apocalypses. This is not a situation where things are not eventually going to turn... You know, be brought back into some normal um, societal, I guess, situation. It's that it could take an extended period of time, depending on how bad the disaster is. I I just met somebody just recently, and I, I we were talking about this, and he said, "Well, I'll just leave." And I thought. Yeah, there's a lot of people thinking that, and then you're not going to be able to get out because the roads are going to be blo- going to be blocked with people trying to get out. I mean, it, it, some, there's a point at which leaving is not an option anymore because you cannot leave. And so if you're not prepared to both leave and also stay, depending on what your options are, you're kind of stuck. We talked about that, as you mentioned in the previous previous podcast, you have to be prepared to do both. Um, I, I What are your thoughts on why people don't do this? I mean, they can listen to this podcast. They'll listen to a thousand people talk about this. They'll see articles. They'll see news stories and still do nothing. Why do you suppose that?
1: I think it's economics. I think a lot of people are blindly selfish because to do this the right way, you know, I tell people two weeks minimum, you know, minimum, Uh, right. And so, okay, let's just look at two weeks minimum for a couple of people, That's like, you know, 100 gallons of water minimum stored up. Well, most people are like, that takes up space. And then Mm -hmm. I have to rotate it. And I have to, wait for it, work at it. And I think most people are lazy. They don't want to work at it. They don't want to take the time. They think their friends are going to mock them. And, you know, to use a, a classic tale from the Bible, it's kind of the Noah's Ark thing. You know, there's a lot of people like, well, yeah, it could flood. Yeah, it could rain. Yeah, but we're not building an ark. Nope, not going to do that until the stormwater came and it was too late. You know, and that's what, if you go around the world, the problem is there is no disaster that's one disaster. It's the kickoff disaster with the micro or major disasters. And so like, you know, I look down where I live, we live in an area where you can get tsunamis from the Channel between San Clemente, P, and I both live in, at opposite ends of that. And so, if we were to have the big earthquake on the Newport Inglewood Fault, historically we know because that's what called, created the cliffs at Corona del Mar and the cliffs at Avalon, it kind of swings like a bowl. And so, you got tsunamis going both ways. Well, that tsunami, when we tested it out a decade ago in EMS, that could, depend on time of day, that could be 30,000 dead initially. 30,000 dead people means you're going to have cholera. You're gonna have other outbreaks of other infections. They're gonna take more. The system we already know from COVID became overloaded with far less than that number. So, you know, by the point you get to those numbers, it's it's a very bad situation. And then you get to people on the outer edge that they don't want to come in and help you because they might get whatever you got going on. And, you know, the economics, everything else. So you you just you have to think it out. You have to either make it a way of life. But, you know, there's only those tales of the grasshoppers and ants and being prepared. They're told over and over again because throughout the world, humans historically and in the present and in the future will mess this up.
2: I think you just said something quite valuable. I'd love to hear comments on from uh, Pete and Sam as well. You said you have to make it a way of life. Any thoughts, guys?
0: Well, guys... I think that a lot of people allow the tyranny of the immediate to overcome any sort of a long-range view of of the future. Here in California, we should know that a horrific earthquake that can have devastating impacts on millions of people is always a reality, um, whether it was 7.1 in 71 or the 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 loma prieta earthquake that displaced and destroyed billions of dollars and and hurt a lot of people um but we we allow the fact that you know well we got to get the kids to school we got to you know go to the grocery store because we're having some people over on friday night or or we got to do this or we got to do that and they don't give enough time they don't dedicate enough time to say okay what are we going to do? If we have a, where I live, a raging fire that comes through our, our community. How are we going to react, whether it's to defend uh, or to get the heck out of Dodge? Um, and you have to have a plan for both, but that takes some thinking. It takes some time. And people, frankly, they don't like to think about the bad things that can happen in the future. and And, and that's that that's a shame. Uh, uh, you know, people should take on their own responsibility to say, okay, whether I live in a neighborhood, in a city, or in the suburbs, or if I live out in the sticks, what do I have to do in order to protect my home and my family, the resources that I have uh, to be able to to survive anything that might happen, whether it's a flood in Southern California or the or the Greater Bay Area, whether it's a fire, whether it's an earthquake, whether it's a volcano, we happen to live. In an area that's got a whole string of volcanoes, uh, you know, along the the spine of California, um, and um, it could happen. So we we I think it's it's good that we use this time on the air with tongue in cheek and humor uh, to help encourage people to do a responsible thing, and that's to look after yourself and be prepared for for what it what it takes. And being prepared, as you said, you, both of you guys said, um, <clears throat> is not having you know three days worth of Campbell soup in the cupboard. <laughs> you know, it, it it requires thinking about a water source. It think it requires thinking about okay, if I can't get to CVS or Walgreens or something to get my medications, what do I have to do uh, to to be prepared for a, a long period of time without without having access to, to purchasing new medications. What do I have to do, you know, for power? Do I need to have a, a generator with, with some fuel to power it, uh, in case power goes out for an extended period of time. And I don't want all of the meat and all of the food sources that I've had rot in a unpowered refrigerator or freezer. So you thinking about something like that. Um, and, and unfortunately, uh, life gets in the way of, too many people's thought process in order to 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 plan for something like that. And I'm sitting here talking, you know, like you're dual-wheeling two knives there. Yeah, I love this it. This one is a ladder <laughs> Damascus and this is a raindrop Damascus. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful knives that are a matching pair and fit my hands
2: so nicely. I'm oh. never breaking into your house. Forget it. I'm just gonna let you know when I'm coming and I'll knock on the door. I'm let's safer that's, that way. That's a, that's, a, that's a wise thing, young people. Yeah, well, figured you'd say so. But <laughs> well, we're we're 30 minutes in. We're gonna jump over to Gun Guy TV crew. If you are listening on your favorite podcast player, thank you very much. Or you're watching the one diversion on Rumble. Thank you very much for watching, listening. I hope you will subscribe if you haven't already done so and that you'll share the podcast with other people. We are trying to make a difference in our society, and uh, if you would be kind enough to join Gun Guy TV crew, we'd love it if you could do that, and then you'll be able to access the entire podcast, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff that I post over there that you can't find anywhere else. Thank you again. If you're already on Gun Guy TV crew, just sit tight. We'll be back in a second. If you're not there and you'd like to join, once again on Patreon or locals, you can just search for Gun Guy TV crew or you can just go to gunguidetvcrew. dot com. All right, we're going to make the jump. We'll give you a couple of seconds. Go.
1: You've been listening to the Gun Guy TV podcast.